0: Hello, is this thing on? I think so. Hello.
1: Welcome back to That's So Retrograde. I'm Elizabeth Kotz. Hi, friends. I'm
0: Stephanie Simbari. It's a special Halloween
1: episode.
0: (laughs) We're we're upping our mask again. (laughs) And we thought... (laughs) The mask that is our human face. And we
1: thought, you know, there's nothing spookier. (laughs) Than uh, bad dermal fillers. That is a
0: true statement. So we
1: thought we'd lift the mask Mm -hmm. of questions Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. We've got Good Skin founder Lisa Goodman here. She is like 10 steps ahead of the rest of the industry in terms of where all things are going with I think they're I think the term is wrinkle releasers. Okay. Dermal
0: fillers, wow, threading,
1: lasers, all of those things.
0: It's a cosmetic dermatology clinic here in Los Angeles and in New York, friends, and they are adapting a new kind of Beauty that we haven't seen too much in L.A. Yeah, they, they
1: really focus on what they call aging plans. It's and European style beauty. The untouched look. And, just burn you
0: with cigarettes until your wrinkles <sighs> go
1: away. And I think that, you know, we're not saying that like this is something you should do. But you should. But <laughs> what's really interesting is being able to learn about like all of the options out there. Mm-hmm. Taking a holistic approach. And for me... I'll speak for myself. I love some Botox. I've dabbled in some filler. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when approaching anything like that, it's just the most important thing is to be informed and to feel empowered and not feel like you're at the whim of whoever's performing the uh, treatment on you. And, you know, I really got into that whole world after I went through my whole acne journey. And I just didn't want to feel hung up on anything in my looks that were bothering me. And Mm -hmm. it felt actually really empowering to um, find a place that I felt like I was in really good hands and I could, you know, release some of the little things that when I was looking in the mirror, I wasn't obsessed with. And to be able to find solutions for that is really cool in my book. Mm -hmm. But I think it's not something that you know, we don't, we're not trying to push one thing or another thing, just providing information so you can form your own opinion. And hopefully if you do step into a cosmetic derms office, you'll know what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. That's really where we're coming from with this.
0: Yeah. I feel like you're talking about it. Like we have something to apologize for when it's like, cause it's like a sensitive subject or something. No,
1: I think that it's just not as openly talked about right
0: and we
1: want to be like really transparent
0: but it should be talked about because honestly so many people are doing it and doing it poorly that the it being shrouded in like shame is part of the issue like because you go into those offices and they're just like yeah they just tell you something and you don't really know you know we learned a lot through working with them about like how Botox can actually make your face heavier and like it can have the opposite effect and like I think it's great that we're talking about it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I'm stoked on it. I yeah. love this stuff. Yeah. I'm like
1: all here for it. I think
0: it. it's fascinating. You know, we do you do things to make your body look better, and it's like you want the whole package to be great.
1: So uh, let's just jump into the combo. We've got Lisa Goodman of Good Skin mm-hmm. joining us. Thank you. Today we are having a conversation with Lisa Goodman of Good Skin Clinic. Mm-hmm. Big fans. Big fans. So we're talking all things— dermal cosmetics and kind of where that technology is moving into the future.
0: I feel like when you say dermal cosmetics, we have a lot of people going, huh? And I feel like I just want to be a little bit more layman about the conversation initially. Fillers, Botox. Thank you lasers. Thank you. Threading.
1: Thank you. All the things. Thank Welcome you. to the show, Lisa. <laughs> you can talk about it with much more knowledge than we can. Yeah. Uh the reason why we this is a conversation we wanted to have for so long on the show. And when we discovered Good Skin and the approach that you're taking over there, we knew that you were the exact person to have the conversation about this with us, to educate us and inform us on where this whole movement is like moving into, because I feel like you guys are like 10 years into the future compared to every other clinic that I've experienced here in Los Angeles. Hey. Hey. (laughs) So welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
0: I also feel like it's some very sort of like taboo conversation in the wellness world. And that's why I'm really excited to be talking about it. Because people are always kind of like, you know.
1: Botox.
0: Side-eyeing it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, but then they're jealous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So So tell us um, how good skin is different from other uh, dermatologists or people that administer these types of things. I can only tell you how we do it
2: and then. I think that if you've ever been to most offices, then you'll infer the difference because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there are some people that are doing it ma- similar to us, maybe just not with the same package. But basically, I had worked for some famous doctors in Los Angeles for many, many years and thought that the American model of, I mean, have you experienced where you go into a clinic and they just give you a couple shots and or they ask you what bothers you and then you're on your way? Yes. yes. Okay. That's generally how it works.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've also been shamed for having a strong forehead. From? Just like being like, okay, show me your lines. And then I go like this, and they're like, whoa, strong forehead muscles. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, is that good or is that bad? Yeah,
2: it's like all about
0: lines. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So
2: it's just really odd because the European Union is marketed and sold these products completely different than the American market. Okay. And that filters down into the offices and into everything else so basically I had gotten the chance to shadow or study with um, a plastic surgeon in France and everything was done not from the purpose of it mattered about your lines or it mattered about your folds everything was really like I'm gonna take care of how you age and I'm gonna we're gonna slow it down and we're gonna do it together and it was very much based on diagnosis um, meaning, We're not going to choose the product until we figure out the problem. Mm. And Americans don't think that way. Americans are like, I'm going to go get Botox. Yeah. I'm going to go get Restylane. I'm going to go get these lines removed. So when I had seen that, I like came back to LA and was like, oh my God, I've seen the light and told my current boss um, slash partner, like, we have to do it this way. And she just disagreed. So we were running the American model of you go from one room to the next and you put a drop around the face and everyone feels safe and comfortable because they think that they're only getting a little and a little can never look bad. But I have firsthand seen a little over time look bad lots of times. Meaning like a little Botox, a little filler, <laughs> mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I only do correction cases now and they all have the same story, which is they were going to even some great clinics and just getting a little bit. And, but they were getting it in that little bit American style, which is a drop here, a drop there, a drop here. And they were kind of dictating the appointment um, and taking the science out of it, meaning do you have bone loss? Should we choose a product that works for bone? Do you have volume loss?
0: Should we choose a product that works for volume? What do you really have? So I just want to backtrack because I feel like we kind of know what you're talking about because we know how you work. Yep. So when you, we go into your clinic, you take— a certain type of photo and you do a very in-depth analysis of the individual's face, it's not like a one-size-fits-all thing. It's very, very custom. What are you looking for and how do you kind of extrapolate that information?
2: We always have to work from the principle of what is our aesthetic? What is our goal? So our aesthetic um, that we just really stick to is that individualized beauty is in our world better. We don't Mm. want our clients to look the same. We don't want to create A look or a trend. We want everyone to preserve and highlight their their own face. And that's really French beauty for you. Mm. So we start with that. That's like always what we're thinking first. And then we take these 3D photos, which honestly are just for the purpose of being able to explain our brain to the client. I see. Because what's the most important thing that me and my clinicians have learned to do is to palpate and touch and feel the face and to feel what is bone structure what is volume loss, what is tissue elasticity, what is fascia. Um, if you can touch and palpate and feel those things, then you can choose the treatment that will work on that thing. Right. So that's like the
0: crux of what we do is the palpation. And those are all common things that happen just over time with the human body as we decay and die.
2: Every single person, even JLo. lo <laughs> Yeah. She's not above it? No one's above it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and that's always, I mean, can you get me on another soapbox there? But that made me crazy when I used to work in a celebrity office with celebrities saying that they just had green juice. And then right, very smart women coming in and being, like, I would have very intelligent clients come in and say, what's kind of wrong with me genetic-wise? You know, she's looking like this and she just does yoga and meditation and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. She's just not telling you all the other stuff.
0: Right. So That's why I feel like we wanted to talk about this because it's like people like leave that out. Yeah. You know, it's like we're in wellness and we're we're doing all the right things. But it's like, but you know, your face looks really good and I know that's not from water. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. You know, if people would actually start talking about it more and just accept that there's, we all have our own body or and our own vessel and we all kind of have our own aesthetic. So yeah. I really feel like it's not my job to be like, oh, her lips are too big. Oh, her lips are too big for my office and mm-hmm. my aesthetic. But that's her choice. Right. If we would just stop shaming people about the whole situation in general, it it would be healthier for everyone mm-hmm. and it would obviously be more inclusive to women. Yeah.
1: And then we could all access the information and make decisions based for our own aesthetic based off of facts and and how to approach and have a conversation with a doctor and know what these different
0: options are.
2: Yeah. The information about science of aging and aesthetics is actually kind of hard to find.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're the first person I've ever encountered who has talked about that. Okay. So we go in, you're like doing the thing with your fingers where you're Mm. like, okay, your eyes are sinking in your cheeks are melting. You don't say these <laughs> things. But what exactly like are the your top
2: face is on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> Pick your face up on the floor
0: so I can <laughs> figure it out. What are the things that you're really like looking for? And then how would you approach that? Like um, an aging plan is how you put it.
2: creepy, but generally always feeling, and my clinicians were always feeling for bone structure first.
0: Right. We lose a lot of bone with age. And my brother went up to a guy this weekend and just goes, you have great bone structure. And I was just like, Oh, so that's what we're complimenting people on now. And he just true. The guy goes, thank you. He did. He was a cute cater waiter. He, he had great bone structure, but I was just like coming in hot. You know
2: what? That bone's going to serve him well.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. And he was like 20. hmm
2: <laughs> Yeah. We ask about bone structure, ethnicity, genetics. I mean, those things really play a role in... How you're going to age. And if you use some of these things in a novel way when you're younger, then you will actually age more slowly. Interesting. Meaning, say you have low cheekbone structure. Well, guess what? You're going to have early sagging in your mid-face because of that. You can think of, like, there's your rock is really tiny and it can't hold up that, like, sheet underneath it. Uh Uh-huh. So... In my clinic, we would help you preserve bone structure in that area, and, and there how are ways do to do that. Uh, you have to choose a product that acts like bone, and then you have to place it on bone as if it was bone, and then you can create more bone. What product acts like bone? Uh, in the U.S., you have Voluma and Radius, and then in Europe you have a lot more options.
0: Whoa! So should we be going to Europe for our yeah. treatments? I'm curious. <laughs> why? You could if
2: it was feasible. Why is well, France. you just go to Good Skin. Hello. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Why
2: is it such a different approach? Uh, there's a lot of differences. To sum it up, the FDA here regulates. So, first of all, I think the first thing I tell a lot of even friends or people I meet, mean, I'm like, don't read any ads from any of the companies mm. because the companies that say make Juvederm or Botox, they market completely differently in the in the EU, and how they're able to market is very different. So you're sold like you need Botox for 11 lines. In the EU— And the 11s are in between the eyebrows in case anyone just I did not know that, that, so thank you. Sorry. No, (laughs) it's okay.
1: Just (laughs) Uh, learning the
2: jargon. Yeah. In the EU, you're not sold that. You're sold that you need Botox more to, like, keep your face lifted. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the big problem is you walk into— you are so subtly marketed things, and those companies— I do love them because they are very supportive. However, they are spending more and more and more money on marketing. So like you think you're seeing marketing now, you don't even realize how much you're going to see subliminally through all the companies. So that creates first like a disparity of information. Number two, the Europeans don't have medispas. So the ability to inject or work on someone, the bar is much higher. So I love employing nurses because it gives price accessibility to people. Um, and I think that one of the best things I can do is give expert care and results at non-expert prices to kind of level the playing field a bit. And that you can't get in Europe unless you're going to like maybe an area that's a little, you know, mm-hmm. because they don't have many spots. So they don't have nurses doing injections. It's
0: all just doctors. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So the playing field, like the barrier to become to inject or to work on someone's face is higher. I see. And in the U.S., there's no official training course. What? So, like, we stuff. could just do it? Uh, if you had a nursing degree and wanted oh, yeah, show up in some clinics. You have clinics. to be a nurse.
0: Yeah, but okay.
2: think about it. Did you, in nursing school, there's no training on facial right.
0: injections. No, it's like how to—what do you learn in nursing school? Like, that would be relevant if it's just how to give shots? Anatomy. Okay, anatomy. That's it. Mm-hmm. Got it. But it's still brief. Right. So, I went to yoga teacher training, so I feel like I could do it.
2: <laughs> you know, you totally could. Too.
0: <laughs> I know about fascia. Career
2: pivot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the attitude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they have that. And then in social media, they can't advertise. So they don't have people following trends. Right. Oh. They can't advertise before and afters on social media. That is like the biggest thing on Instagram. It works for us. I'm not hating on it, and same time because it's like a it's a way to get information out. Yeah, and right? you guys,
1: it, your Instagram is almost like a portfolio of your work, right? And it it speaks volumes of what you, the services that you provide because everything looks so natural and so subtle.
2: You know, I think social media is great in general because you get information out. I just obviously. Don't use it as something in my soapbox again, but, you know, don't look at social media and just believe everything, right? Maybe maybe that's the terror of social media is that we scroll through and like, yes, 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 versus ask questions, think, you know, it's access to information, but our brains maybe aren't necessarily regulating the information and saying like, that's good, that's not good, that's good, that's not good.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's take a break because we've got a new partner in town. Hello. Frequently making appearance in uh, myself and Stephanie's purses. Mm -hmm. We've got Go Macro Bars joining the group of lovely supporters of the That's So Retrograde universe.
0: You know, I've loved these bars for a long time. And I'm just learning right now, and I'm happy to share that they are mother-daughter owned company that is based in a small, rural community, and they are on a mission to spread awareness for a balanced, plant-based lifestyle with products that have a positive effect on the world. Hello? Do we love them? I love them. You can kind of taste the love in the bars, to be honest with you. So delish. Yeah. So Go Macro has a little fun history. The co-founder, Amelia, used a plant-based, sustainable diet to help her overcome her battle with breast cancer. And her and her daughter adopted the diet, and then it transformed their life. And then they started this company, and what a great origin story. And
1: they've been around since 2004 and made it their mission to spread the power of a balanced, plant-based lifestyle and remain dedicated to the farmers and the people creating clean products— for a better future. I mean, if your soul isn't lit up by that, yeah. then maybe you're listening to the wrong show.
0: And all Go Macro bars are certified organic, vegan, gluten free, kosher, non GMO, clean, raw, and soy free, hayo, and super delish. So here's the deal they ship you boxes, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. I've had many a house guest over who are like, can I have something on the go? And then I'm just like, here, take a couple bars. And they're so happy. Then they asked me about them after. So go to gomacro.com and then put the promo code retrograde in at checkout. And you will get 30% off of your box plus free shipping. I mean, are they our Stock new favorite partner? Up. I think they're in the running. Don't want to call out any faves, but I'm just saying. So that's gomacro.com.
1: Enter code retrograde, 30% off, free shipping. Let us know your fave bars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we went in and we did a little consultation Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we kind of chose, you recommended a a number of different things and we chose the things that we felt like were what we were ready for. That's at least how I felt. I was like, I'm not ready to go like all in. I wanted to like take it slow and you guys were very open to like. The process? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, I had a client in New York, I think she came in and she said, I'm really afraid of this and this and this. And I said, I acknowledge and hear what you're afraid of. However, I feel like it's my job to give you the science mm-hmm. and tell you what will work for your problem. So unfortunately, your under eyes bother her. She was really afraid of fillers. Okay, I said, there's no world in which you have volume loss that needs fillers. It just is what it is. I can't even be emotional about it. it that's just the solution to, to improve and for you to be happy with what you spend and for it to actually be good for you. Um, and so she'll be ready to come do that when she's ready. Right. So I, I at the same time, like we don't pressure people, but I do feel like we tell people what the truth is yeah. and let them take with that information what they want.
0: Well, I feel like with filler, they get like a really bad rap because of the way for me, the thing that I think of as filler is when people get too much filler on their like smile lines around their mouth and then it like looks really puffy. The marionette line. Yeah. yeah.
2: All of it. I think we've seen like I you know, I try to be We've all seen bad filler. We've all seen bad haircuts. We've all seen bad everything. Right. That's so true. So if we really break it down more broadly, I'm like, there's so much bad everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And yet. People are still doing it. Yeah. Supercuts is still in business. Yeah.
2: Right. So I think just finding a place with your aesthetic and asking thoughtful questions and doing your research. And yeah. Making it about science. I want to talk a little
1: bit about what we, both of us, had done in your office. Cool. So I have, it's hereditary, but I've got the tech neck. Mm-hmm. My mom had it. What but, is that?
0: You say things like, you're so in the know. Well, you know. Are you a doctor? <laughs> Are you a nurse? Maybe. Are you a PA? <laughs> <laughs> So I just learned what that meant.
1: Um, so the tech neck is like oh. when you're looking down at your phone and you get those lines. So it's more, would you say that you're seeing more of this? Coming up, or is it still just like mostly hereditary and then exacerbated? I thought it's a Jewish neck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that too, because my mom has that too. <laughs> I think it's her- it's hereditary and exacerbated. Yeah, yeah. okay. And so, I think it's larger than tech neck. What do you think it is? It's it's
1: early jowling. So talk to me about what one would do for these tech lines, neck lines, tech lines, tech neck lines.
2: <laughs> Well, it comes down to posture and meditation. (laughs) So Green juice. (laughs) And green juice. Our family are all in the medical field. My brother's a sports chiropractor and my father is a clinical psychologist at UCLA who specializes in TMJ. So you just have to understand that things aren't happening to you in isolation. And so tech Mm. lines from what you believe is just putting your head down is not the only thing happening. It's gen- What's generally happening is your muscles of your neck, which pull your entire facial anatomy down, like even up to your cheek, are being made stronger because your head is more forward. And so health-wise, what happens is you get uh, C curvature of your spine. You can get more headaches. You can just kind of feel off. You're not getting as much like nice neurological blood flow to the brain because you have an exaggerated curve. And so, chiropractors will focus on you there, and then the TMJ. It is a cycle that causes your neck muscle to activate again, and also your trap muscle. So it's basically this this feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So you don't. So my opinion is, you really want to understand every time you're using Botox, what other muscle is basically going to kick in, and how is the smart way to use Botox? Because sometimes people go for Botox in their jaw. It's super popular right now. And then they'll come to our office and say, "Oh, my face fell." Because I had that, right? She had that. So it, it's it's just Wait, really why thinking so about it.
1: On one hand, I really liked the Botox in my master muscle because it really helped with the pain, mm-hmm. and then it also got rid of the exaggerated, like the muscle head kind of inflamed. Made your face wide. Yeah, it made it wider, and so it went down. But when when it went down, and I liked that it narrowed my face. But as you said it, like my face dropped a little bit Mm -hmm. subtly, not something that's like extremely noticeable. I've
2: seen it be extreme on people too, though. So it's not to make people afraid. It's just, like I said, don't, my best opinion is don't dictate your own plan. And always thinking, I'm always thinking if I put Botox here, what other muscle is going to kick in? Mm. And I can thank my brother for that because he's right, the sports
0: chiro guy.
1: Yeah. So talk to us about the treatment and what we did. And also. Do you what, you
0: rem- remember? Do we need to, can you, can you look at our face? I faces? do. We did
2: great work. <laughs> I do. <remember. laughs> um, well, we put Botox in your neck. We do, we call it tox tightening now, mm-hmm. actually, because we've uh, increased the procedure to include jowls. Yeah. Um, people are really, really, really happy about it. I had, um in New York, we had like two beauty editors call and were like, I need to come tomorrow. And I was like, I'm already working till eight. I can't. I'm so sorry. They're like, I saw someone. I'm like, I, I it's Botox. It'll be there next week. Right. <laughs> You're okay. But people are freaking out over it because it improves everything that's sagging and it's obviously safe and it doesn't, you, you don't have a hard time to lift your head or swallow or like weird things that people hear about. And
0: we did that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, sorry, just as a pause from that, is there, um, like, do some people have, like, negative actual medical physical reactions to Botox? Yeah. And you can't tell until after they get it?
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, the number one thing is really, like, it's super rare, but you can get a flu-like illness from Botox. Right, because like the obviously first time. your
0: lymphatic system is, like, draining it.
2: Uh, no, is that some people are, that's like their version of allergic reaction. It's like a okay. flu-like virus. Okay. It's very, very, very rare. Okay. But more or less like things that you'll, yes, there's always Botox that can be administered a little wrong and then you can have side effects. And then of course it always wears off. But right. I've seen people from jaw Botox, their smile wasn't right. I've seen neck Botox. They felt like difficulty swallowing. So I've seen it all across the board. Interesting. But, I mean... Didn't you feel like your lids
0: were heavy or something like that? Oh, yeah. Well, from a different procedure that I had done, like, before you guys. Right. Yeah, I right. felt, like, sleepy. Right. Yeah. But I think that was just not medical. I thought that was just, like, because of where it was in my face.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. right. No, exactly. Yeah, right. It cause was cause just weighing me down. Right.
0: Right. That's something that I thought was interesting is like if you put it in the wrong place near your forehead, you're going for the lift, but you're actually getting like a drop. Yeah.
1: The, talk about that because I actually had that. We weren't sure if it was hereditary or if it had come from previous Botox, but it's something that's quite common. It's
2: Like a heaviness coming between the brow. Mm-hmm. What's this called? We call that medial droop when you actually start to look kind of angry in the brow, even though you're doing Botox. Okay. But this is kind of my pet peeve. This is every girl in their 20s. And even guys are being told, like, you need to go get Botox for prevention.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: they go into a clinic, they ask for Botox between their brows. They're like, yeah, I spent my couple hundred. I don't know. You feel kind of like, ooh, I'm going to age better. And like, I'm just going to like kind of have this like glorified version of how your face is going to be because you're doing this. And then I've had, I've met some of those people and they've been like, oh, but I, I don't know. Is it possible that like my brows are getting heavier? Like my lids are heavier more quickly. And I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely possible. Because, because basically, for again, everywhere you put Botox, another reaction will happen. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're just putting Botox in muscles that pull up, like forehead lines, every girl goes in first for forehead lines. Yeah. But that muscle pulls up your brows. And so, if you're just doing it there, then your brows are very likely going to get more heavy more quickly. So, then your preventative Botox that the company sold you. Is not preventative.
1: So, if you are doing your first parlay into Botox with the idea of wanting it to be preventative, because you're right, a lot of people in their later twenties, early thirties are going in with under the guise of wanting mm-hmm. to to catch something before it is something. So, what is your advice?
2: Well, if you're a going to good skin, can yeah, other than going to good skin, which we are in LA and New York, um, we do have a lot of people that fly in. It's to really ask questions. How is this preventative, and not. Think of it so short-sighted because they'll say to you, oh, this is going to prevent wrinkles. Okay, well, what else is going to happen? Right. So I follow, there's an entire world where people use Botox to keep your face more lifted during your life mm-hmm. and to give you better posture and better health in that in those ways. And then there's an entire world where people are looking at Botox very short-sighted and thinking wrinkles are bad mm-hmm. and it needs to be no wrinkles. And I... I think wrinkles are not bad. I think wrinkles are well-earned. And to have no wrinkles is strange and makes people actually look older than their age.
0: Yeah, because it's like this weird, like, time-frozen thing. It's weird. It's like, it makes you seem like you're older because what are you hiding? Yeah, it just weird and something that I really love I was treated by your sister and you did my consultation and then your sister did my treatment and for me it was all about like I had had a serious eye trauma yeah. where I had like injections and surgery it's been well documented not so retrograde me <laughs> no one needs to hear about it follow anymore. the journey um but I had was like my I want to like fix my left eye it feels like swollen something's wrong with it I don't know and you guys were like it's not about that it's actually your other one Mm-hmm. that needs to be, like, lifted and evened out because it's it's actually, like— Muscle in your eye. That's, like, kind of falling on the other side. So I was, like, mind-blown because I was, like, psychotically focusing on one thing, and I was actually looking in the wrong direction. So that's to your point about why you shouldn't be self-diagnosing. It's like, I don't fucking know anything. <laughs> I don't know what I need. And it, like, it was just as simple as, like, pulling my other eye up with mm-hmm. the Botox.
2: Yeah, I mean, we all try to stay out of other, other people's field— Right? Like, I'm never going to—I'm like, I don't know shit about podcasts and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, how to make good listeners and have people care. So it's odd. It's odd that in this industry people—I know that it's because of anxiety. They feel like they're giving over control of their face to someone else Yeah. When they're, when they're letting someone tell them what they need versus them going into a place and saying, I want it here and I want it there. Right.
0: It's I, like it's like going. Say so I want to be on this antidepressant. It's like you don't know if that's right for you.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't do that there. Yeah, Yet people assume that it's really normal. They see it as like a makeup application. Yes, and I'm like, this is not that. <laughs> I mean, this is this does not wash off. Right, <laughs> pricey makeup, and it doesn't wash off, and it can leave some pretty serious side effects. Right. So, but I almost think they see it like that. So, we try to take that fear away because there's my dad. It's the clinical psychologist. It's just fear and anxiety. So, I think all of the in depth explanation to the client with the 3D photos so that you can go, oh, oh, yeah, oh, like once you can rational, like logically understand it, then it can take away the fear of, of what it is. Right. Let's take a moment to celebrate the harvest
0: oh. with today's partners over at Daily Harvest. What's the name of the, the Sukkot? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, is that coming up or did it just pass? Happened. Oh, well, you know, I'm just learning about being Jewish, but it doesn't matter because we love Daily Harvest, which is this wonderful company. If you guys haven't already gotten there, what have you been doing? They offer thoughtfully sourced, chef-crafted food that can be prepared in less than five minutes. I mean, it's a dream.
1: Yeah, everything stays fresh in your freezer. It comes in these super convenient little cups. You know what I like to do? I like to, when I'm making my smoothie or the bowl, I like to put it in the blender and put it back in the cup. A reusable option. Oh,
0: that's smart. A go-go. Yeah. So they have more than 65 different options, like ready-to-blend smoothies, hearty soups, savory harvest bowls. They even have lattes. Everything stays in your freezer until you're ready to eat it, and then you just take it out, and it's like a one-stop shop.
1: And all of Daily Harvest ingredients are sourced and selected for maximum nourishment and peak season flavor, which is what makes it so delicious. Yes. So if you go to Daily Harvest, that's D-A-I-L-Y, harvest.com, and enter promo code RETROGRADE, you'll get $25 off your first box. That's promo code RETROGRADE for $25 off your first box. Try it out. Tell them we sent you. Tell us how you like it. Yeah,
0: let us know what your faves are. I'm curious. Go to town. All right, back to the
1: show. I'm really curious about the advancement in the world of lasers. I feel like your office is very on top of it, as it is with Mm -hmm. all of these other things that we've mentioned. Talk to us about, like, what lasers are speaking to you right now. What do we need to know about?
2: Well, this is now, like, I'm going to say something shitty about lasers, but I'm always like, don't keep old lasers in an office. Okay. Meaning, for example, in New York, like, some of the old lasers are really popular. I'm like, what? And what's an example of
1: an older laser?
2: Fraxel. Everyone okay. in New York is still doing Fraxel.
1: That, okay. That's that was very hot like 10 years, 10 years, ago. years okay. ago. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Why are
0: they still using it?
2: I don't know. Because it's probably just... cheaper now? Well, I think what does happen in my world is, you know, you get a tax write-off for buying lasers. You do? <laughs> you do. They're Why? really expensive. I see. They're really expensive pieces of equipment, medical equipment. Okay. And so often as an office, you buy it and you don't want to sell it. For like next to nothing, right? Once the technology is not but as if it's great, ten years
0: didn't you get your money's worth?
2: I've, I, <laughs> you know, there's always going to be some patients that that laser might be good for, but there are still generally, and I'm making generalizations because I hear someone going like, "Oh my God, she's she's in the laser industry," but no, it's like generally there is newer, better technology that has been coming out. I see. So I always ask cli- or urge clients to look at that, like what are what are the lasers that have already been tried and tested to be safe and effective and yet are not like old old school right. and like that you're right. buying into they're like
1: looking to the future yeah
2: i mean we had a laser i bought for the most ridiculous amount of money and then i sold it for pennies just because the newer version of it from a different company was outperforming it by leaps and bounds but you know that's the laser industry mm-hmm. you know so what was the laser that was what's performing uh, at a high level at the moment morpheus okay morpheus 8 you can go on real self <laughs> it has a 95% client satisfaction rate, okay. which is unheard of. And I'm pretty positive that they didn't pay for reviews. <laughs> Great. Love <laughs> to know I think that. They're too small of a company to pay for the reviews. Um and I've checked out the reviews. Like anything else though, it it this kind of comes down to me same same topic as earlier. Oh my gosh, but bad filler or bad hair or bad Botox oh I had a bad laser experience okay, well, where did you go? How long had the next technician been doing it? Did they have like photos of their own work? What was their training? Don't forget again that most laser companies come in, they teach you in a couple hours and that's it. So I, it's just, I think that healthy question asking is, is really There's nothing wrong with that. You're not disrespecting us to ask us a couple questions about.
0: So what? Sorry, two questions. As I don't really know much about the laser experience, what is the goal of a laser?
2: You have lasers that work on brown spots and color. Okay. Then you have lasers that work on texture, like pores, fine lines. It's so annoying. But as we get older, basically, like all our pores get bigger and our fine lines get bigger and just annoying. And then- I How fun for us. I'm always like, I hate my pores. Where's the t-shirt? Um, <laughs> but, and then there's lasers that work on deep skin tightening, like Ulthera, which is a really good laser that gets a bad rap because there's a lot of poorly, it's a very difficult laser to do. Okay. And so there's a lot of technician error, a ton. Eek. Yeah. And, and that can be said with other lasers as well, but the technician error can is just high with Ulthera. So when people, when it has such a bad rap, it's it's technician error.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. So as far as like questions that doctors are concerned, because we actually talked about this on our last episode a little bit. Um, What are like some if someone is listening right now and is thinking like, I love this. I really I've been thinking about Botox, but I've had fears. I haven't known what to ask. Like, what are like, I don't know, top three to five questions you think someone should ask? Um, a doctor when they're going and say they can't access you yeah I'm sorry for them (laughs) I'm sorry to that woman well you know
2: what too we have so much free information on our website okay so much free information about Botox not even just Botox like because I'm I'm bored of the topic of what is Botox I'm like anyone can google that or wikipedia that right no but like seeing a different way in which you can use Botox and Botox for lifting things is all on our website so they can start to open that part of their brain. Okay. And then when you go to a doctor, you always want to ask what type of product. There's lots of different versions of Botox now. What is their dilution? That means how much water are they putting in the product? Okay. So I use different dilutions for to achieve different results on different things. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love to explain the technology of what I'm doing. Like, oh, I'm going to use this dilution here to give you a cat eye. I'm going to use this dilution here to pull up your jowls. I, I think it's fun. So they want to ask that. And then you want to ask... Okay, so— What are they—sorry, what,
0: What's before you go on, what's yeah. the answer that you're looking for as far as, like, dilution is concerned? Because to me, as, like, a comedian, I don't know— You're what like, someone said something, and you're like,
2: okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. Dilution is how much water they put in the Botox. Okay, and so
0: how does that affect it?
2: So more water would spread it out more. Oh. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but less water will keep them more concentrated. Okay. But if they can just explain it to you— Right. That. I think the key is, like, finding a practitioner who maybe just doesn't mind, it, like, doing a little bit of, like, the explaining. Right. Okay. You know, it's not just like, oh, you're coming to me for Botox. You're just going right. to sit there and get your Botox. Right. Like, they're like, and and really, maybe let's take it a step back. What is, what is the end goal of me doing Botox? Right. If you want your end goal to be no wrinkles, hey, fine, you're, there's a clinic for you. If you want your angle to be no wrinkles, lifted brows, more even brows, a more pleasant, you know, less jowling, like what is not, and not what is our angle in a
0: month? You mean like long lasting over time?
2: Yeah. Like what is going to happen if I'm using Botox in this area for a long time? Right. What other muscles are going to react?
0: So some, I just with the dilution thing. So it's like if you keep it too concentrated, is that how it creates like, no. The heaviness? No. That's it, just depending on the administration. Uh-huh, okay. totally.
2: Yeah, that's just expert administration. I see. No, because I use different dilutions to achieve different results. I see, okay. But I guess the way to explain that to a client is that I'm talking about it in terms of what is our end goal with Botox mm-hmm. in a year to three years. Okay. What are we trying to get out of it?
0: Right, because ideally you can keep doing this over time.
2: Yeah, If you in if you're doing Botox, but what's really cool to me is that I love the idea of you not being so people really get oh my god i'm gonna become addicted and it's so funny to me because i'm like that's so what i'm against like i love the idea that you can use botox and not be addicted to it because if you have this end goal where we're like it's a really cool trainer they're like i'm gonna retrain certain muscles to do certain things so that you don't need me as much is that what happens mm-hmm. oh, that's with so our cool. clients yeah with our clients how long does they, it they take need to retrain less. If you're older, you've obviously have a muscle memory that's higher, mm-hmm. and so if you're younger, like 20s, usually two visits; 30s, three to four; wow. 40s, four to five. So, wow. so we think of it as a muscle neuron retraining to cool give you a better pattern of movement. I'm obsessed Love with that. that, and then you need us less, yeah. yeah. So, which feels like the antithesis of the
1: general American experience,
2: completely. Because the general American experience, like I said, they're wanting to control, take away the anxiety. They're going in, they're saying, I want 10 units. There's a number of doctors in Brazil that I really look up to. And there's one who is doing a study right now that hasn't been released on using super high doses of Botox in just certain muscles so that like after one or two times you never need it again. So that, to me, like that I said, is that's so like, cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's science. It's like really right. using it to its optimization.
0: Say I go to you now, I'm 33, mm-hmm. and I'm still your client in 15 years, mm-hmm. which I will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you're not getting rid of us. Yeah, <laughs> you're
0: stuck with us. In 15 years, like, we're obviously going to be, like, amending the protocol as mm-hmm. things change.
2: Yeah. Okay. The priority list shifts.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. I always know what the person's going to need. And... If you obviously, if you do more things when you're younger to slow down the five parts of aging, you will need less.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I can always tell like, okay, I know you don't see that fascia coming for you, but it matters. Right. You really need this laser or all those things. Right.
0: So. Uh, stay tuned on our face journey, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how... I actually was in the room when you did Stephanie's consultation and mm-hmm. you gave interesting advice. You mentioned the work your dad does as a TMJ specialist mm-hmm. and you suggested that she look into that as part of.
0: Which I am doing. That yeah. With your father, but with somebody else. Which mm-hmm. is
1: so interesting to me. So, can you, I just want to touch a little bit on the other supplemental things to do alongside with this and how that all works in tandem with one another. Because it isn't just inject and be done.
2: No, obviously, if you slow down your rate of aging, you know, when you come into our office, we take a social history and we ask you, how much do you go to hot yoga? How much do you, what is your stress like? How much do you sleep? How much are you on planes? So controlling those things, controlling your mental state and controlling the amount of stress on your body will obviously help you in all aspects of your life, including your face. And you can find any way that you want to find to do it, whether it's a psychiatrist or a psychologist or meditation, or, but just taking that time for yourself and realizing that it's, it's all connected. You know, your rate of aging, your lack of sleeping, your stress, your anxiety, it's all going to impact all of what we do. And TMJ particularly is really rampant in terms of, I think almost no one talked about it a couple of years ago. Now everyone's like, I have TMJ. My, I have to do a bike to everyone. And it. I will tell you, more people in Los Angeles have it than New York.
0: Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. What do you think that
2: is? I, it's, I think, uh, I'm like, what would dad say? High anxiety. Our anxiety will go there. We're working stuff out at night, you know? Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And sometimes that's just moving to our jaw.
0: I think it's interesting that people have more anxiety here than in New York when it's like so much more energy there.
2: Yeah, but you know what I found from New Yorkers that, is that they have to deal with so much stuff that they kind of, like, let more stuff right off their shoulders. Right, mm-hmm. I feel that. So it's like, oh, it's a typical day in New York. So right. anyhow, we should just look at the sunshine here because it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> so true. Uh, I think daily meditation practice is huge. or But anything that slows down your mind and helps you just release yeah. stress.
1: I just yeah. really want to applaud you for acknowledging that because yeah, I don't think I've ever— <laughs> spoken to anybody who works in like the exterior experience who suggests that it's as like woven into our aesthetic being and that's really cool yeah
2: oh God, so, so that's
1: why it's so important that we had you on we're like you yeah. are the person to communicate this information to our audience so thank you so 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 much for You're being so here welcome. we're yeah. such a huge fans of good skin you said they're in la they're also in new york yep. Good luck getting an appointment, guys. <laughs> no, if
0: no. take our spots; we'll kill you. <laughs>
1: but um, thank you so much for being here. We know you're so busy, and no, but thank you for helping us spread the
2: message. Of course, it's an important We're message to happy spread. To be walking billboards. Yes. <laughs> Thanks
1: for
0: being here. <laughs> okay, thank you. Is it roses and thorns?
1: It is. Yay. It's Roses and Thorns. First rose right off the docket a few, I think a month ago when we launched the new and improved that so retrograde.com, mm-hmm. we talked about a fun branding giveaway that we were doing with Dreamer Marketing House. And I just want to give love to the winner. Winner. Tell us. Who are you? We have Brianda, Ooh, cool whose business slash podcast is Super Trip Talk which is a psychedelic cannabis pod about radical self-improvement and collective consciousness as told not by an old rich dude, she says. So I just am so obsessed with her whole concept and her entry fully caught our eye. She's the winner of the logo. Congratulations, Brianna. We can't wait to see uh, what you guys come up with. Please share it with us. Yeah. That's a
0: major rose. I hope it's something really trippy. Me too. I hope it's melting. Ooh, a thorn right now is that I drank a cappuccino and I'm getting a bit of a heartburn. Ooh, I'm sorry, Grandpa. Ooh, Grandpa, I've had heartburn since I was a kid. Damn. Um, well, I have a rose. Can I share it? That's what you're here for. Okay, so last night we had the opportunity to go to a really cool book reading um, that our friend Amy Rose Davis invited us to. Hi, Amy. Hi, we know you're listening. And it was the signing of Sasha Sagan's book. Uh, she's the daughter of astronomer Carl Sagan, and it's called For Small Creatures Such As Us. It is so beautiful. I mean, I read, I've read i read 45 pages, but I will finish it by the end of the week. I fell asleep last night. I, really, I was like, Elizabeth, I'm going to read this whole book as soon as I get home. She's like, okay.
1: Lofty goals, yeah. but I'm in full support.
0: Basically, it's this beautiful book about the convergence of science and spirituality and how— a lot of times like if you live in like a secular world where you're not saying that you believe in a monotheistic god then you're you're like life becomes void of witnessing miracles because it's not connected to some like higher power and she kind of talks about how like science indicates like magnificence more than we give it credit for and it's just all about like finding tiny miraculous things in everyday life and it's So beautiful. I just want to read this one sentence. I find myself eager to map out a year that is sometimes inspired and informed by the practices and beliefs of... My ancestors on both sides, but not shackled by them. I want to create moments that make us feel united with other earthlings without the dogma that divides us. Religion at its best facilitates empathy, gratitude, and awe. Science at its best reveals true grandeur beyond our wildest dreams. My hope is that I can merge these into some new thing that will serve my daughter, my family, and you, dear reader, as we navigate and celebrate the mysterious beauty and terror of being alive in our universe. Hmm. Just like— that's like so the special. thesis and it's so good. So high, high, high recommendation.
1: Future guest, um, for sure. Yeah,
0: we have to have her on. Also, I just love that the front is an imprint of the initials SS and in the Cosmos. Feels like it's really speaking oh, that's to my true. soul. Oh, yeah. you, they do that for everybody? <laughs> this is my book only. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Sasha. See you
1: soon. Great book. Very, very cool concept. Yeah. I love when she was talking about a little bit I read was about like the rituals that we use and how um, we use them to kind of be able to digest life and mark time. And it's, yeah, it's very, very, very interesting stuff.
0: And it's all talks a lot about how like, I'm like stuttering because I drank cappuccino on my Brain is moving faster than my mouth. Um, It talks about um, how in every culture there's, like, the same kind of rituals, just, like, morphed in different ways and just kind of talks about how, like, unified we really are. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful.
1: I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my rose is going to be for you, dear friend, because guess whose birthday is November 3rd? It's mine? It's yours. Okay. Um, Just want to— Say thanks
0: for existing. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. It's really nice. I mean, it is kind of a problem, but you're welcome. (laughs) Thanks
1: for adding color to the show. Thanks. To my life. You're welcome. And to your hair.
0: (laughs) Love you so much. Thanks. Love you back. Can't believe it. Can't believe I'm turning 34. It's a fun ride. you like it? I love it. Is it a good age?
1: I think it's a great age. Every age is a great age. It's so
0: crazy because like the older I get, the younger I feel. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like... How is this happening? Like, I'm unwinding into, like, a younger, more joyful version of myself as the numbers go up. Do you guys relate to that? I totally do. It's so weird. Like, I felt old at, like, 27. I was, like, crotchety as fuck.
1: <laughs> and now I think it was the, the late nights at the comedy store. Yeah, i will like, do it. What? That'll <laughs> age the soul.
0: Everything <laughs> hurt, including my soul. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: well, I hope we have fun this weekend. I'm looking forward Absolutely. to it.
1: Absolutely. And I just want to uh, shout out our next— That's So Retrograde Unplugged. It's going to be at the Den Mm -hmm. November 21st. I believe we've got our first live event with Megan Wallace James, our feng shui aficionado. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to
0: it. And if her and Carolyn's talk is any indication of how well spoken and knowledgeable she is, I'm just beyond excited.
1: It's gonna be fab. So you can find tickets on so retrograde dot com and link and tree. The link so in our, yeah,
0: and the link link
1: tree exactly. On our I Instagram. know. Instagram. Wow. I'm so <laughs> impressed. Thirty four. Can't wait. All right. Knows what a link tree is, guys. <laughs> Thank you to Lisa for joining us. Check her out at Good Skin. It's such a special practice. You're yeah. so lucky
0: to discover I, it. My skin is really pleased. Seriously, like as soon as I left, I was like, when can I get another appointment? <laughs> like I never can't go For ahead. the rest. For the rest of, of time. my life.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Feel free to drop us a little uh, rating and review on iTunes and we'll see you next week. Namaste I'm Elizabeth-
0: listening. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Bye, I'm Steph.
2: Yes! That's a retrograde!